chapter 4. And uh, this has been a, uh, the scripture, this kind of our golden text. It has been at least for, uh, for, for a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about this. And so I just want to remind you of the things that we've been talking about. We've been talking about this present age, navigating the environment of the spirit that we, that, uh, the, the environment that we currently find ourselves in, not by the flesh, but by the spirit. Say this with me. Say, God didn't call me to walk after the flesh, but to walk after the spirit. Amen. And we know that because Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, Romans chapter 8 tells us this, that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Did you know, did you know that that's how God intended for us to, be, uh, to, to go through this life, is to be led by the Spirit? Now, you know, I know there are some that want to be led by prophets, you know, they go looking for words. And listen, if, if you happen to be in a place and someone gives you a prophetic word, praise God. Amen. Uh, I function in a prophetic office. I'd be stupid to tell people or to feel uh, some sort of negative way about prophets and prophecy. Now, have, have, there, been, have there been abuses uh, in, the, in the church? Well, not, not in, I don't believe anyone uh, has, has... When we start talking like that about abuses... It makes it sound like people are purposefully trying to hurt one another through doing these things. You know what? I think, I think there have been, uh, instead of calling it abuses, I'll say this. I think there have been people that, got, uh, that, got, that went too far out there without the Spirit, without being led by the Spirit. I think they had good intentions, and their good intentions took them farther than what the Holy Spirit was really trying to take them, you know? Uh, because it's hard for me to believe that anyone could have an encounter with Jesus and mean to do and mean to do dirty to people. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm I'm trying to be uh, extend as much grace as I can. Um, th- that's not to say that we subject ourselves to those that get outside of the boundaries of the direction of the Spirit, and especially outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. But anyway, I, I'm I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to be gracious here. And so that you all understand what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying to resist prophecy and prophetic words. But you know what? God never intended for us to find direction from him through prophets in the New Testament. He wants us to be led by the Spirit. Amen. And so uh, once again, say this. Say, I will not be in the flesh. I'll be in the Spirit. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll start with verse 1. And uh, Jess, you, you, you putting that up there? Uh, put it up there in the Amplified. So, um, and, and y'all will remember this because this is kind of where we've been. Uh, Amplified Classic, if you can put it up there in that, in that version. Uh, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by, in the light of his coming, and his kingdom, herald and preach the word. You remember this? Herald and preach the word. Uh, now, no, no, now notice he doesn't say, go and give your testimony. Tell your story. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, uh, talk about the visions and the dreams that you've had. Go and interpret dreams. Go and activate people, people's spiritual. That's not what, and, 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 and he was telling Timothy this because contrary to what a lot of people believe, the most important thing that we do is, as God's people, and this, is, this isn't just preachers, but as God's people, the single most important thing that we do is herald and preach the word of God. Right. It's good news. In fact, when the Bible talks about qualifying for any, any office, the office of an elder, um, the office of a, a, or a bishop, or you know, the, these offices, uh, ministry gift offices, do you know that uh, as, a, as a ministry gift, prophets, if, if you're called to be a prophet, a ministry gift prophet, a, a ministry gift apostle, a ministry gift evangelist, a ministry gift teacher, uh, uh, which one did I miss? A ministry gift pastor. First and foremost, the gift that should operate in every one of those ministry offices, first and foremost, now it's not a, they shouldn't be prominently just functioning in a spiritual gift. 
Are y'all hearing me? I know I'm, I'm going to be a little bit teasy this morning. The, the, what's prominent in their ministry shouldn't be that they function in, like B Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn certainly has a, a gift and an anointing to minister healing to sick people. But you know what? He is first and foremost a preacher and a teacher of the Word of God. That's, that's the higher responsibility. Because, because the Bible says this, prophecies will fail and tongues will say, in other words, spiritual gifts or gifts of the spirit or manifestations of the, eventually, now that's not to say they're not important for us. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you guys to hear something that I'm not saying. We are going to have the gifts of the spirit and the manifestations of the spirit. Prophecy like Charlie gave today, that's a prophetic word. We're, we're, going, we're going to do that as the Spirit of God. As the Spirit of God gives people uh, those manifestations, we are going to do it. We're going to do it with full force. We're not going to shy away from it. If, if, if First Baptist Church comes to visit one day and the Spirit of God moves and the gifts of the Spirit operate, we're not going to not operate in the gifts of the Spirit because First Baptist Church is here. Now we're, we're going to tell them. Now y'all are going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going to do what God tells us to do. Amen. If, listen, if the Pope comes to visit, we're not toning it down. In fact, we may turn it up a little bit. Amen. Praise God. But we, we're, but we are going to, we're going to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. But first and foremost, we, here's what we have to remember. We have to be people that tie ourselves to and devote ourselves to the word of God. Why? Because when God speaks, he speaks through his word. When God speaks, he speaks through his word. It's his word. I know it sounds silly that I'm saying it, I know. But it's, it's hard. I think, I think people, we, we, we desire so much to see what he does. We for, sometimes forget about what he says. And what he says is way more important than what he does. Amen. The Bible tells us as much that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Prophecies will fail and tongues will cease and all these things will cease to exist, but God's word is forever. And so it's those things that, that's, and, uh, so that's the point I'm trying to make. Herald and preach the word. It's important. Say the word is important. The word is important. Amen. Uh, keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. In other words, live ready. Remember, uh, be instant. Uh, stand by, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word. Now notice again, the word, the word, the word. You know what's not important? Whether it's favorable or unfavorable whether it's accepted or rejected, whether it's dark or whether it's light. You as a preacher of the, see, that's why the word is important because the word keeps you on track. You know, everything else can change. I said something in, I said something in Swanton that was powerful. It was powerful to me anyway. Um, it, it came out of my spirit. You know, the Bible, the, Bible says, the Bible says this about God. Glory to God. The Bible says this about God. He is the alpha and he's the omega. He is the beginning and he's the end. You know what I hear preachers saying, especially right now with what's going on in Israel? We, we're living in uncertain times. Boy, times are so uncertain right now. Things are, we, we, we don't know what'll happen tomorrow. We don't know what's gonna, some of us, we go through life believing that things are uncertain. We don't know how things are gonna turn out. We don't know how things are going to go. But if, listen, if God, if God is the alpha and he's the omega, if he's the beginning and he's the end, you know what the word is trying to say when it tells us that? That God, everything starts with God and everything ends with God. He is the beginning and he is the, as Christians, we don't live our life according to this world system. We, we don't trust in the flesh. We don't trust in the natural, but we trust in the living God. And if everything starts with him and everything ends with him, and the Bible says this about him, there's no shadow of turning with him. He is forever the same. Even talking about Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then guess what? We, we, don't, we can't live in uncertainty. You know why? Because we can be certain of who he is. We have his word. 
His word keeps us centered in who he is and keeps us from falling off of one side or the other side, believing something that contradicts what he says and who, amen. Are y'all hearing me today? See, you can, you can live founded upon and established upon the certainty of who God is. And I'm, I just need to hurry up and finish reading this. Anyway, as a preacher of the word, you're here to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Amen. Not the way the world does. Well, you're wrong. You know, world does that just to get one up on you. That's not why. If, if, if ever I come to you and bring correction, it's never to say I'm better than you. It's to say, come on, let's get, let's get, let's get going. Let's, let's do this right. Convince them, rebuking them, correcting, warning, urging, encouraging, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Next verse. And this is the part that I really wanted to get to. For the time is coming, and we know now the time is, when people not, will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction. But having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. So here's what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. We're not going to want to sit through. Uh, it's, and this is not just some people. This is all of us. Christians are going to be attacked in this way. That we're not going to want to endure sound and wholesome instruction. But our ears are going to be like a little bit itchy. You know what? We're, we're going to go look for stuff we can go, ooh. Mmm, say that again. Wow. Prophesy. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We, we see, that's, you see it all the time. That, that's a lot of people, that's what they're going to be drawn to. That's what they're going to be looking for. But you know what? Um, the Bible says that that's, that's going to be a, a symptom, or if you want to say it this way, a sign that we have come to a time that we've got to be careful. Turn to someone, tell them you got to be careful. So we have to be willing. Now, you know what? I, well, Mrs. T, I love Mrs. T. We downloaded a, we've downloaded the Winter Church app on her phone, so she's probably going to hear this. And uh, Mrs. T, I am not. She, tells, she told me one time I saw her a couple, maybe a couple years ago. She said, please don't say anything bad about me. I, I don't, I don't want to be listening and then hear you say something. But I said, Mrs. T, I, I don't say bad things about you. You are awesome. She's an awesome lady. We love Mrs. T. And they're coming next month, and she promised she'd come and see us. So if you're listening, Mrs. T, now I told them you said you were coming, and now you have to be a woman of your word. Amen. Otherwise, they won't believe you, and even if you prophesied over them, they wouldn't. No, see, that's what she means. That's what she doesn't like for me to do. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like for me to pick on her and puff. But anyway, um, but she was saying this to me. She said, and she was, she was giving us some encouragement. We saw, I got to see uh, Mrs. Pastor and Mrs. T, which are my pastors, uh, the ones I got born again under, and I got to also see Corrine and David, who are spiritual parents to me. But she said this. She said, I was watching a video of you and you are having a baptism service. And she said, uh, um, man, uh, she said, you were, you were baptizing those people and then the Spirit of God fell. And then all those people got laid out in the grass there at that church as the Spirit of God moved. She said, that's what we, that's what we need. She said, you, you don't need to preach so long and so much because she said, it's not really that good. She said, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, but she, you know, you know. And, and yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm totally aware of the fact that I am not the best preacher on planet. I'm not the greatest orator. I am not the most spectacular. Speaker. Preaching is not my forte, but preaching is what God called me to do. And in a time when people are having a problem aligning themselves with the word of God and sticking with the word of God, preaching becomes of the utmost importance. And so you know what? I found myself preaching more and slapping people on the head less. Not, not because that's my desire. Because if I had my way, I'd be laying people out every day. But I've tried to lay them out on my, on my own. And although people will comply sometimes and go ahead and fall out, it doesn't usually turn out the way it turns out when God does it. And so I would rather God have his way 
than me have my way. And so I, I didn't want to say anything to Mrs. T. So Mrs. T, as you're listening to this, uh, know that uh, I, I definitely heard what you say, and I definitely think about it often, and I will, uh, I will preach less uh, in the days to come. That will happen. And then, amen. Praise the Lord. But right now, I, we're in that mode of having to bring instruction. So anyway, uh, we, we got to be careful that we don't just run after what we want to hear, but we start to embrace what we need to hear. Amen. Amen. Eric put this on social media. If he put it on social media, I could probably bring it up at church, right? Eric, amen, of course. Eric brought up on social media. He said, I think he said something to it. Now, I haven't seen it in a minute, but he said, I, was, I think he said something about being at church, and somebody said he, he seemed unfriendly or something like that. He says, am I unfriendly? And then there was a, I don't know what happened with that thread, or I don't know if it ran out of control or whatever. But you know what? You ask for an opinion on Facebook, people going to give it to you. Amen. You ask for an opinion on Facebook, people could, and I'm sure Eric was running through that whole deal. You know what? Um, sometimes I think we, and I'm not saying that this is Eric, but sometimes I think I've, I've done that on, on social media and asked a question or said something, and I didn't anticipate that I might hear something I didn't want to hear. And I, I read a couple of comments, and I'd have been like, Eric's not going to, I could I could tell by reading, I'm like, Eric ain't going to be getting with that right there. <laughs> Eric ain't going to be good. But you know, here's, here's the truth about it, is that all of, all of the people that, that, give you, uh, that get, gave you a response, they were all telling you, every one of them were telling you the truth. And even though you didn't see, you know, we don't see the truth in everything everyone says, uh, you, you have to understand something, that when you ask the opinion of, of tens of millions and thousands of people or whatever, uh, their perception is their reality. It may not be the fact, but the way they perceive it is their reality. You understand? That, that's why I believe that um, the Bible warns us about going, to, uh, going after people that satisfy what we what we want to hear. Like Mrs. T, she actually said that to me. She said, you know, um, you know that a lot of preaching and she says, and you're, you're okay. I, I'm going to tell you, it don't feel good when someone says you're just an okay preacher. Y'all know what I'm saying? But see, some of you, some of you are going to come to me after church and you'll be like, pastor, don't listen to that. No, listen, her perception is her reality. And the truth is, is that there's something about my preaching, my, whatever my preaching ministry, however it is that it's perceived by Mrs. T, somehow or another, it's not breaking through in that place like it's broken through for some of us. And so you know what? I can actually glean something from what she said. Sometimes we need to be taken down a few notches. Sometimes we need to realize not everybody likes us. Not everyone understands us. Not everyone is cool with how we act. And then the question that we need to ask ourselves after that is, you know, which one, which one of these, which, who, of, who of these people that I'm thinking of, which one of them are important? Who's relevant? Who are the ones that God has called me to run with? Amen. You know, the only people Eric really ought to listen to on that whole thread is anyone that was a part of our, maybe a part of our church. And, and, and he should have gleaned this from that. You know what? What can I do? to ensure that I'm capable of doing what God wants for me to do as, as you know, as a uh, member, as a man, as a man, as, number one, as a member, secondly, as a man. Thirdly, as a ministry gift, whatever gift God has. How do I, how do I function optimally where God wants me to be? You know what? You know, there are many people that have gone and went to another church and changed their entire environment because what they heard wasn't gratifying and pleasing. Amen. So, you know, I, I was tempted to not visit my family no more when, when um, our differing ideas and our differing, differing opinions about Christianity and about politics uh, contradicted 
and and there was and there was a clash and there was a you know, I was I was tempted to draw back. <laughs> but instead, you know what I did? I uh, I knuckled down. I determined that I was going to believe what God said. Amen. All right. I, I'm, I'm going too long with this because I haven't even got to the message yet. So uh, I'm just reading you the text. <sighs> Why does this always happen to me? But, and it says this. It says uh, they'll, they'll, they'll have itching ears. I, I've been there. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Anybody else? How many of you are willing to admit you had itching ears? We do. We want to hear, we, we hear the, the stuff that we've never heard, even if it's wrong sometimes. <laughs> anyway, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. So how many of you want to avoid this trap? All of us, right? We all, so to, first of all, to avoid the trap, you have, to, you have to understand this. You're susceptible to the trap. You're susceptible to the trap. We all are. I am. You are. It doesn't matter how much you love Jesus, how long you've been a Christian, how long you've served the Lord. Paul told Timothy, the day is coming. The day has arrived. We're in that time. And all of us can come to that place. That's why, listen, you know, when, when you, if you come to Winner's Church and you come um, and you come and you don't come regularly or whatever. And, um, but if you come every now and again, <clears throat> we have people that will come to our church that they, they, this isn't the only church they go to. They go to this church. And then when that church lets out, they go to another church. And when that church lets out, they come to this church. And then when, usually those people, when they come to our church, they're like, I don't understand my, why my life is in such chaos. Really, you don't understand why you're in chaos. Right. The Bible preaches against doing that. And some people think that we encourage people to plant themselves in one church and to be faithful in one church and to, and to have one family. We, they think we're doing that just because we're trying to pad our numbers or to build, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to, amen. The reality is, is that you, your life will be in chaos. Uh, listen, I, I know it's appealing to want to go and, 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 and uh, expose yourself to this over here and expose yourself to this over here and expose you. You know, one of my, um, y'all, y'all know Mikey, uh, my daughter, my daughter, Michael, uh, she married a fella, Isaiah. Y'all remember Isaiah? Of course, Isaiah, he was coming to our church. He was a part of our worship team. He played the bass guitar and wonderful. They did a wonderful job. There were times that um, um, I, I was watching a video not too long ago. There, were t there was a time when um, Michael was gone, and I think Eric had to have been gone because he wasn't there. Uh, and um, Gabe, had, yeah, Gabe had already started uh, playing the drums, and it was Gabe, Michael, and Isaiah that led worship one morning. They did such a fantastic job that I sat there and I recorded most of it. And I, I, quite honestly, I was shocked that they were doing such a fantastic job. They did a wonderful, wonderful job. Well, you know, Isaiah, I don't, you all don't know this. <laughs> I'm about to tell something I y'all never heard. See, because because I've I've told I've told many of you all, you got to be faithful to church. You've got to you've got to pick a place. You've got to settle in, right? I've told y'all that. Well, here's a, a young man. He's going to be my son-in-law. He's dating my daughter. I know they have intentions of being married. You know what I had to you know what I had to do. Because he, he was going to Life Church and to Winner's Church. Now, he, now he, he, he was like, I'm, I'm just kind of a, really a member of Life Church. He said, I really only go because it scratches an itch. That's really what he's saying. Listen, when you say that there's something that is more, that's appealing to you about someone, what you're saying is it's, Amen. See, I know. Now this is this is sound and wholesome doctrine. You may not like it, but this is sound and wholesome. This is the stuff that this is the stuff that the kingdom is built on. This is the stuff that the kingdom is built on. And I, I'm not. I don't discourage having fellowship with other believers. With other, I have fellowship with other churches, other believers, other people. 
But when, when it came to Isaiah, and you know what it was that was appealing to him about life? Was that, and, and at the time, totally right. There weren't a lot of people within his demographic, within his age group, that we had at Winner's Church. It was him and Michael and maybe one or two other people. And he's like, there's so many more people my age. At, at life. And I really, I really gleaned something for there's something, there's something about that. You know what? You're, you are going to glean something, seemingly glean something. You're gonna, you're gonna, uh, we all feel a lot better when we can hang around more people. Amen. I can, I, can already t I can already hear cows mooing. I, I had no idea. I had no idea that some of you had dragged a cow in here this morning. But I, I, can, I can hear it. I got... It's, it's okay. It's okay. Be because, be because this present age, you know what? Well, everybody's doing it. Yeah, that's what the Bible said. There's coming a time. Everyone's susceptible to this. And listen, we don't say, I didn't, I went, I, I went to Isaiah. He went to Life Church. He came to Winter's Church. He was doing both. He was playing on our worship team. Ms. Rhonda, I did not want to tell him this. But I said, Isaiah, I pulled him aside. I said, you can't come to Winter's Church and go to Life Church. You have to choose one. You have to make a decision. Where has God called you? Where does he want you to put down roots? Where is it that he wants you to labor? Where is it that he wants you to function? I said, I can't have you on this worship team when you're going someplace else. I said, so I want you to choose. I want you to make the decision. I said, you know, you, you believe God wants to use you in the area of worship. I said, you're not going to get that opportunity at Life Church. I'm not trying to steer you away from them, but know this. If that's, if that's what you want to do, you're not going to get that there. You're not going to lead worship there. You, you got to try out. You have to go through a process. They're not going to have you there. You're, you're not, unless you're willing to knuckle down and get real polished and real refined and, and, and hone your skill and be an, a super excellent musician. I said, otherwise, only option you got is Winner's Church. I mean, you got other options, but right now, the, 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 the uh, best option you have, the most open door you have is right here. Because you date my daughter. Amen. So I said, you've got to make a choice. I said, I, I will give you a chance to make a choice. I said, and, and, but I said, if, 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 if your loyalty is, is somewhere else, you can't. Church, you know, when the Bible, when the Bible taught, Tyler, I can't preach the message I was trying to preach. The Bible, the Bible says this in another, in another text. It says, uh, you can't serve two masters, Right? Isn't that what it said? You remember that? You can't serve two masters. You got to hate one and love the other. And, and that word hate is, you know, you have to kind of use that term. What it's saying is you have to despise one. Or in other words, uh, you have to push one away and embrace the other. But you can't serve two masters. And, and Jesus was referring to God and mammon. But, you know, that's true in, in all aspects of Christianity. In all ways, you can't, you can't be loyal to two different places. One will suffer. Are y'all hearing me today? And so I told him, I said, I said, uh, Isaiah, you're going to have to choose. I said, pray about it. Ask the Lord what you need to do. And so he prayed about it. You know, he went and prayed about it. And then when he came back, he said, um, I'm going to go to Life Church. I was like, you dirty dog. And so Isaiah never played no more on our worship team. And he went to Life Church. And you know where they're, they are? Some of you are like, yeah, where is Michael? Life Church. With her husband. Where he felt like, now you know what? I didn't like that decision. But you know what? It was necessary. It needed to have. I would much rather have you uh, loyal and at peace and living according to the word of God. Than to have you where I want you. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, if you want to escape chaos, then these are things that you got to get straight. Amen. 
It's not a control thing. See, everyone gets this idea we're trying to control. We're not trying to, I'm not trying to control anything. He's just trying to keep me from ministry. Do I follow you around with a gun telling you what to do, what not to do? You know what? You say, well, I just feel I have a heart to worship. Go busk downtown like, you know, Seth. Seth, get down there and busk downtown. He would take a, 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 djembe, a djembe or something and, and just get over there. He, praise God to his heart's content. No one can tell him nothing. He just. <laughs> Babaloo. <laughs> Some of you have to go way back for that one. <laughs> I mean, you can, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right, as a Lucy show back in the day, but, um, but you, uh, you, uh, uh, I, pastor never showed up and said, Seth, what are you doing here? You know, this is only for our church. I didn't say that. No, man, you can do, you, you want to get out there and worship God on a street corner? You want to get out there with a guitar and sing to your heart's content? Go for it. Amen. We're not trying to control you. What we are trying to do is help you to have a more stable and less chaotic life so that you can be about the Father's business and not end up like this next group I'm about to tell you about. All right? Because we want to, because that's where we're at. We're in a time when, you know, back in the day, uh, you could get up on a hill and look over the church and see about four or five streams. And you could, you could determine where those people were running and where those people were going and, and where they would end up if they kept following that stream. But now you get up on the hill and you look, and Charlie will testify to this. Shelly will testify to this. Now you get up on that hill and you look, there are so many streams, it's chaotic. You got streams within streams within streams. And you're like, dear God, what's right? What's wrong? What should I be following? What should I not be following? What should I be hearing? What should I not be hearing? Who should I be sitting under? Who should, should I not be sitting under? Where should I be going? What should, amen. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I just feel like that enhances my life. Maybe, maybe, maybe what they're enhancing doesn't need to be enhanced. You know, sometimes God puts us with people that aren't saying the things we want to hear because there's something that he's trying to change in our character. Sometimes God puts a, you know, sometimes God don't put you in a place that's easy to labor. Oh, no, it's just so hard here. Huh? Maybe because, maybe because you're working some muscles you never had to work. I've cleaned lots of airplanes, including my own. Then I went to clean Michael, Michael's airplane one day. And the cockpit, you know, I was, I, all I cleaned real good was the cockpit. I got up there. I had to position myself in a way I had never positioned myself before just to get up there and to clean. And I mean, I was, I, I was kind of in, it, it was, it was, and I was there all day like this. All right. When, when the next day, when I woke up, I didn't know that there were muscles in the places in my body that hurt. I was like, what in the world? I'm like, I've never felt that. I said, I think I'm under attack. And then I remembered. <laughs> See, God's trying to get you all to use, amen. Some of you trying to, some of you trying to go and use the same muscle you've used over and over and over again. And, and because you feel accomplished, it makes you feel good. God's trying to get you over. You, you, do you all realize that God's trying to create something in you that will allow you to function in an environment you've never been able to function in before? Amen. I received that, Ted, in the name of Jesus. You know, talking about, just talking about Isaiah. You know, um, maybe, maybe there was something that was real good about Isaiah going. But you know, God, you know what, God was, what God is always trying to do with us? He's always trying to create in us, an ability for us to function in places that would normally keep us from functioning. I'm, I think about my worship team, Derek and, and Michael and, and all of them, uh, Eric and, you know, some of them every time they come together. In fact, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of go, going talking to the worship team. I've been talking to the worship team for 12 years about the same stuff. Because, because every, every, time I, every time we need to have a talk, it's over the same stuff. 
Well, you know, if, if everybody would practice more and if everybody would do this, and it's, it's, always, the, it's always the same thing. Uh, you know, I, it'd be great if we had some more accomplished musicians. Guess what? We don't. What are you going to do? You going to sit there and pee and moan, gripe and complain because you don't have better musicians? You going to sit around on the seat and wait for them to come through the door? Or are you going to learn how to function with what you got? You going to learn how to get it done with what you got? Or are you going to wait until everything becomes favorable for you in order to get it? Are y'all hearing me today? See, for too long, we've been waiting for things to get favorable so that it worked out and made us feel good. And Oh, yeah, see, this is, this is more my thing right here. Well, you know, that is not you. You know what your thing is? Your thing is being able to function where God puts you. You know, God, God, is trying, God is trying to do something in us here at Winter's Church so that when the time comes and God begins to dispatch us all over the world, when God begins to send you all over the world, some of you are like, I, am, I ain't about to go all over the world. Oh, that's what you think. God, did, God, didn't call you, God didn't call you to be a Northwest Expressway changing church. God called you to be a world changing church. And there's going to come a time when some of you are sent to the four corners of this planet. And you know what? You're going to have to be able to, amen. Someone's going to hand you a reed and a cow skin stretched over some wood. Oh, you're a musician? Here. And you're going to have to be like, <laughs> you're going to have to make it work. You're going to have to make it work. We got some people that say, well, I didn't practice. It's unfortunate, but guess what? We still have worship. We still have praise. We're still going to entertain the presence of God. You didn't practice? Boy, you better get in the spirit then. Amen. You better catch hold of something, bless God. Amen. So you know what? People don't have time to be angry. People don't have time to have a grievance. You know what? The Lord, the Lord has never come to me not one time grieving over our worship team. You know, God has never, God never came to me and said, boy, you need to straighten them people out. This one does this, this one does. In fact, we, we've had people on the worship, boy, what am I on here? I will keep on because I feel, I feel it. We've had, I, had, I had one girl on the worship team. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus. We had one girl on the worship team that uh, she, was, she decided that she was, uh, uh, she was lonely. She was a single mother. I understand. You know, she was um, pro probably 30s, maybe early 30s, something like that. Um, I think. Maybe I'm, I may be wrong. Maybe late 20s. I don't know. Um, you get to an age where you can't figure it out anymore. But anyway, um, a man just had some interest in her, you know, and she, she'd been rather, I, I, I won't say desperate, I won't use that word, but she, she, she was lonely. She wanted someone. And when she found someone, you know, the word of God is clear. Uh, we, we're, we're to get married. We're not supposed to shack up with people. Now, listen, you might be here. You might be shacking up with someone. You are welcome in this church, but that's not God's way. God don't want you shacking up with somebody. He wants you, if you're going to live with someone, if you're going to sleep with someone, if you're going to know them in the biblical sense, God wants you to tie the knot. That's a, that's, that's a, that, that means be married. Amen. For those of you that don't know that, that lingo. He, God wants you to marry. He wants you to be the husband to one wife and the wife to one husband, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this girl, she decided that she was going to kind of live with this guy and have this relationship with this guy. And it was, uh, it was somewhat uncomfortable when people from church went over for a Bible study and this fellow comes out of her bedroom in a bathrobe. A little bit awkward, right? We're all there talking about the things of the Spirit. And what I say all of us. I just happen to not be there. Miss Rhonda happened to be the one who was in charge that day. She's like, Pastor, I got to... I, uh, I don't know how you're going to deal with this, but... 
<laughs> I felt so bad for Miss Rhonda. I was like, first time I left Miss Rhonda there, she like, uh, something came up. <laughs> so so uh, I, uh, I, I talked to this girl. You know what? It wasn't in my heart to take her off the worship team. In fact, it never even entered my mind to take her off the worship team. I know the first thing she thought was that I was going to take her off the worship team. You know what? There were other people that were probably members of our church that thought, what is she doing uh, in ministry? You know what? What are you doing? Well, you all that in a bag of chips? I mean, some of us weigh 300 pounds. We can't say no to, we can't say no to nothing. If it's on the table, it's going down our gullet. And, and you know, I'm talking to myself. That's why I'm saying it. I'm talking to myself here. And so, you know, we want to we take and, and pick on her. Listen, I, I called her in because she's up on the worship team. I called her in. I could tell because she had a, you know. Listen, if you're, if you're sleeping with someone out of wedlock and you're in an, a, a role of leadership where you got to be in front of people every Sunday, it is going to affect you in a negative way. You don't feel good about yourself when you, because you know you're violating God's word. And instead of just thinking that maybe, maybe I just need to make it straight, here's what you think. I, people are judging me right now. You know, they, they, start, they start thinking that way. So anyway, I called her. I called her in. I talked to her. I said, she said, you're going you're gonna to take me off the team, aren't you? I said, no. I said, I didn't put you on the team. Lord put you on the team. I said, if I'd have done it, I wouldn't have had you to begin, you know, to begin with. But the Lord put you up there. I said, he put you up there. He'll have to take you down. I said, what I, what I want to talk to you about is I think that the way you're living is not appropriate. It's not godly. I don't think it lines up with scripture. I said, and, and uh, you have a responsibility as someone who stands in front of the people of this church to do, to do ministry. To live for God and to set an example to all the people that are here. I said, so I'm not going to take you off the worship team, but what I do want you to consider is I want you to consider what it is that you're doing and how it's affecting your ability to do it. Are, are, you, are, you, are you going to be able to effectively lead these people into the presence of God? Are you going to be able to do that knowing what it is that you're doing in your life? I said, and then you got to make a choice. And I said, if I was you, I would just choose to not shack up with this guy and wait till you get married and just do the right thing. I mean, it's. So are you saying I need to come off the table? I said, I didn't say that at all. I said, it's up to you what you do. You, you have to choose to either live for the Lord or, or choose to live your own way. I said, and if you think that your actions are going to affect this worship team and this church in a negative way, then it's your responsibility to take, you know, to take whatever you got to do. You know, you, it's your choice. And I left it at that. Well, she remained on the team for maybe another two weeks, and then she got off the team, and shortly after that, she was no longer a member of this church. And of course, you know, to ask her, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly what I did, but I did something. Do you know what I did? No, we won't talk about that. <laughs> But you know what, here's, here's, here's the reality. How are we going to not be able to entertain the presence of God when we have something like that going on? Does everything stop because someone's having an issue? Do we still have a responsibility to have, amen, amen. For a period of time, there have been people that wanted to do things to help in this church, and they wanted to, uh, boy, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. But it's important. This is going to set us up for December when we start talking about the ministry of helps, being a deacon, um, when we start talking about whether you, what, what, what gift is in you, because we're going to have that. It's not going to happen on you know, Sunday, but it's going to happen throughout the week. We're going to talk about those things. Uh, there have been some people in this church that for a period of time, they couldn't work together because they had a conflict. 
there was a conflict. I, I can't work with this person. Well, you know why the Lord probably brought you here? So that you could figure out how to work with that person. So you could figure out how to... You know, what I, you know what I want to do, Tyler? I want to be able to function no matter where I'm at, no matter who's around, no matter what it is that I'm facing, no matter where we're at, whether we're at Walmart, whether we're at Kmart, whether we're at Neiman Marcus, whether we're on the street, whether we're in the hood, whether we're in Nichols Hills, whether, in, whether we're in Beverly Hills. You know what? Some of you do good. Some of you do good in the ghetto, but you can't do good anywhere else. Oh, I'm preaching right now. Imagine if no matter where they dropped you, glory to God, hallelujah, all of a sudden you kicked in and you began to function just like God wanted you to function, doing what God wanted you to do, being who God wanted you to be. You know, uh, first thing has to start getting stripped off is, is uh, the influence of these voices that tell you to lean into your, lean away from your insecurities and lean into your strengths. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. If, if I had been Popeye's, anybody know who Popeye is? A Popeye the sailor man. You know? I'm strong to the finish because I eat me spinach. <laughs> anybody watch those cartoons at all? Popeye has been working out his forearms. Popeye got these forearms that are like Brandon's legs. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I got these forearms. They're like, I'm going to tell you right now. If, 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 if Popeye had been my friend, because I had a friend that when he would flex his forearms, his forearms were done. He could beat anyone arm wrestling. But the dude was like Popeye. I finally pulled him aside. I said, dude, don't skip leg day. You're off kilter. Do some curls, bro. Work them biceps. Get some, you know, I said, yeah, you're strong, and I know you feel real good that you can beat everybody in arm wrestling, but boy, you look like Popeye. <laughs> you look like Popeye. But there's some people, they'll lean into what their strengths are and draw away from what they're weeding. Do you know the only thing that, the only reason I'm here before you as your pastor today is because I leaned towards something that wasn't a strength. Do you know what I used to say, Shelly, when people would say, you think you'll ever pastor? You know what I would say? No. I, I, didn't, even have, I didn't even have to take a breath to say it. No. But I had a good reason. I was like, I'll kill them people. I'll kill them dead. They'll be at my church two weeks. They'll be laying bleeding. Because I'm, you know, I'm rough. I, I'm, I, I'm challenging. I'm, I'm pushy. I, I, I was like, they, they, can't nobody handle that. And then the Lord said, Pastor. And I was like, oh. Now, listen, I didn't, because some of y'all, God tells you something, you're ready to do it the next week. Do you know when God told me, you know when God told me and Annie we were going to pastor a church? In 2002. In 2002, the Lord said we were going to pastor a church. I was like, eh. Okay, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, no church. And in 2010, the Lord said, it's getting ready to happen. I'm like, what? You're going <laughs> to... You're going to pastor a church. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so we were buying an airplane, and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to establish the church then in a corporation and buy, buy the airplane in the church's corporation name because uh, the, uh, then we wouldn't have to pay tax on it and um, save the kingdom some money. So I established Winner's Church. Before, before I ever met any of you all, I established Winner's Church. In, listen, listen, this was before, this was before, Michael and Twyla were actually char, the charter members of this church. They were the first ones that rolled up on my doorstep and were like, we're joining your church. I said, we don't have a church. They said, you do now. 
I mean, that's how that happened, isn't it, Twyla? Uh, <laughs> but this was before I even met them, 2010. Winner's Church was already a corporation here in Oklahoma City. We got tax exemption with the IRS in 2010. It was established 2010. It wasn't until 2011, late 2011, that we even started the process of gathering people. You know what? When you haven't done something like that before, you're not good at it. So you know what you have to do? You have to rely on the Spirit. You have to lean into the Holy Ghost. Listen, look at, look at me, y'all. Every one of you, look at me. I know uh, I'm going to quit here in a second. Quit leaning, into, quit leaning into the things that you're comfortable with. And start leaning into the things that are going to form you into what God needs for you to be in these last days. Listen, if, if me as your pastor can stand up here today, and listen, some of y'all are like, Pastor, you, you're a pretty good pastor. You know what? You don't start out good. You don't start out with the skills. You don't start out with none of it. You got to lean. Do you know how hard it was for me to lean into that? Well, just as hard as it is for you to lean into the things that I'm asking some of y'all to do. Just as hard as it is to quit going to 17 different churches. Just as hard as it is to turn off our phones and not be on Facebook while we're at church. I mean, there, there, there are things that are tough. But we've got to, we've got to get these things done. We've got, to, we've got to become a church that doesn't fall into the traps that Paul was telling Timothy about. We've got to be people of the word. Amen. We've got to be people of the word of God. That when, when circ the circumstances of life contradict what God's word says, we respond with the word of God. Right. Amen. Amen. Listen, this church isn't rigid. This, we, we got a lot of flexibility, but there's a lot of reasons why we do things in this church that some of you aren't aware of. See, maybe, maybe in another church, someone would have given you advice that seemed to be uh, advice to try to keep you from, from doing something, to try to take control from you. We ain't trying to take control from nobody. But you know what? We are trying to keep you from spinning your tires and, and, and uh, having to learn lessons that we already learned, trying to do things in certain ways that we've already tried. Figuring out how the Lord has called us to do these things. And then aligning ourselves. You know, some people are like, well, I'm called to preach. Why won't you let me preach? N number one, uh, I don't want you saying something that goes against what I say. Even though what you say might be true for someplace else, it may not be true for us. Shut off the recording. This is all anybody get online. I'm going to tell you all something. 